there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. This weekend, I was out at the, uh, the summit, uh, the conference over at New Horizon Church in Fife. Um, some of you made it there for, for some of it. I was there for part of it as well, just kind of when I could make it. But it was really phenomenal. So I came back really inspired, but um, um, without a voice a lot. So I may be kind of quiet this morning, um, but we'll see how all that works. But um, this morning I want to talk about uh, being immersed in his presence. Um, we actually, next week, uh, we are starting a seven-week series that is going to be on the values, uh, the Thrive Core Values, and and we are going to go through each one of those. There are seven of them, so we're having seven weeks, and um, that's going to that's going to be um, a series that we hear from every person on our team. So you'll get to hear from Angie and Nikki and Helen and um, and of course myself, and we'll be talking about the things that we value. One of those things that we value is we value his presence. Uh, we're not talking about that specifically today, although we'll be covering that in a couple weeks. Um, but but this is a, a little bit different of, of a focus that I have this morning. I felt like God really showed me uh, to focus on this aspect um, several weeks ago when I was just looking out at the, the weeks ahead and thinking, God, what what is it that you want to want to do? And this this began to, to be birthed in my heart, uh, being immersed in his presence. And then yesterday at the conference, it really it really became solid just with some things that were spoken there. And by the way, I'm, I got to tell you that 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 conference was so transformational. I mean, I just I felt so propelled into the things that God is leading us to do. I felt so uh, I really felt like there was um, it was really funny. Just a quick testimony. Um on Friday night, which was my first night, I was able to be there. Thursday night is when the conference started, but Thursday was Marissa's birthday. So we were home as a family celebrating her and, and having some time together with family. But um, so Friday night, um, I had actually been there. Uh, I'm sorry, I thought it was Friday night. It wasn't Friday night. It was Friday morning. Sorry. Um, and I was there. I was in the registration line. Um, and um, I needed to register Angie because she was coming. I had registered earlier, but she wasn't sure exactly what her schedule was going to be, uh, but found out. So I was going to register register her there on Friday morning. And so I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm standing in the, at, the, at the lunch table, and there's a, a couple people behind the table who are handling registration. And they... Um, they uh, uh, you know, ask my name, like, you know, am I registered? What's my name? And I tell them, and they're, they're getting me the wristband that they're putting on me. And so I'm talking, and then I'm also telling them that Angie's going to be coming on uh, the, the two nights, Friday night and Saturday night. And so I'm registering her. So with one of them, I'm kind of taking care of payment, and the other one's putting my wristband on. And, um, and, and while she's putting my wristband on, she kind of, she prophesies to me. Uh, she kind of just looks at me across the table, and I'm still I'm focused on this other person, right? But she looks at me, and, and I, I kind of glance back at her, and she's kind of staring at me. <laughs> it might have been uncomfortable, but I kind of got what was coming from her. Um, but she just she looked at me and says, "You're you're experiencing a lot of restoration right now, aren't you?" And I was like, "I don't know." 
am I? I was thinking, I mean, I, am I experiencing restoration right now? And honestly, I was like, I'm not sure. Um, okay, uh, probably yes. <laughs> that was sort of my, my response to her. And, but then I got to tell you, as the conference went on, I got absolutely, completely wrecked, and that is exactly what God did. There's some some very specific things that I don't have time to get into, but He began to bring some amazing restoration and set me up, and I believe set our church up for the things that we're we're doing right now. So super excited about that. Um, but immersed in His presence. Here's what's in my heart for this morning. I want to talk. I want to talk about. Um, being immersed in his presence, which what I'm referencing when I'm saying that this morning is really the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Immersed. That's actually what the word baptism means is immersion. It's like being completely immersed, completely saturated, completely filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to I go there a little bit this morning. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Uh, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Um, be filled with the Spirit. Now, this... this uh, uh, this phrase, be filled with the Spirit, the literal translation of this command is keep being filled with the Spirit. The verb tense in the Greek is um, the one that basically says it's happening now, but it's going to continue happening. It's it's uh, it's something that's it's not just like a one-time thing. It's not like um, you need that, and then once you check the box, you can just kind of move on from that into other things. But it, it's actually a command to be being filled or keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? Um, some New Testament examples of that. So if that's, if that's really what that was about, is that modeled in, in the scripture? And I want to show you that it is. First of all, with Peter, um, John chapter 20, this is uh, actually a time frame uh, that was after after Jesus' resurrection and Jesus is spending time and teaching and speaking and comforting his disciples. Uh, at one point, it says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, now, this is actually before Pentecost, as if you're kind of in that timeline thing. This is before that, but Jesus walked in the filling of the Holy Spirit. We'll hit that in just a few minutes. But but Jesus carried that, and he was releasing that over them, even at this moment, specifically the disciples, uh, the apostles uh, at that time. Um, he was releasing on them the Holy Spirit. Now, how many think that when Jesus said he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, how many think that they actually did? Or was it like just, well, okay, he must be talking about, you know, Pentecost. No, I think right then in that moment, the disciples, Peter was obviously one of those there. Um, he received the Holy Spirit. Obviously at Pentecost, Peter was there. He was among those, Acts chapter 2, which we'll hit some of that here a little bit too. Um, he was among those filled there. It also references in Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. 
he's noted as being filled again. So, I mean, this isn't like just like, it wasn't like an experience that you check off your box. Paul and Barnabas, uh, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 17, this is when Paul receives his sight back and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 11, verse 24, Barnabas is said to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then in Acts chapter 13, I didn't have a verse there because it's really the whole, almost the whole chapter of Acts chapter 13. Uh, it, it, it's talking about Paul and Barnabas. It references them both as being filled with the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit. And it also says that all of the disciples where they were, that they were with, which um, I, I would guess that some of them had been around at Pentecost and other times. Um, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit and it says they were filled with Holy Spirit and joy, um, which I think is awesome too. <laughs> How many could use a little bit of joy in your life, right? Um, awesome. So it's this, this thing that's continuing, something that happens over and over. Um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, Matthew chapter 3. This is, this is John the Baptist speaking. And he's baptizing people in water, um, a baptism for repentance. And he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. <laughs> um, now, um, I love this. This is fun. So you're going to have to just give me a little bit of grace right now. But um, number one, the thing that I want to point out here is that the one who's bringing the baptism of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Um, there are, you, when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you could just picture it like, like a baptismal tank, like we would do the whole uh, baptism in water, there's someone who's like dunking you, right? They're like, they're like taking you under and bringing you back up. It's Jesus who is releasing that baptism over us. Um, and uh, we'll see, like, if, as we go through some of the scriptures I'm going to hit this morning, that uh, it was imperative for Jesus to go to the, to the Father, to go back to heaven in order for us to receive that baptism. I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but I like this picture. This is just a picture of mine. Um, but um, So there's no like scriptural proof of this actually being what's happening, but it's, so I think it's a fun picture. But I picture, um, I picture the release of the Holy Spirit on us like it's Jesus on one side of me, the Father on the other, and they're together, they're baptizing me in the Holy Spirit. So I just, I think that's a fun picture. So um, the other thing that I wanted to point out here, this is like, this is where like a little bit of charismania jumps in. We like, this is like, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, right? <laughs> like, uh, I've even I've even prayed this prayer myself, so I, I don't, don't want to be, I'm not uh, making anything weird for you, but I've prayed that prayer, God, I want to be baptized in your fire. Well, I was reading that scripture, we're going to look at that. This is the whole passage of Matthew 3, starts in verse 7, and, and this is John the Baptist, he says, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to, to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? 
Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff in unquenchable fire. This is John the Baptist. <laughs> he, he wasn't a very passive guy. He wasn't like pulling any punches with these guys. He's like, I see what's going on with you. You're coming to get baptized, but there's no real heart of change in you. There's no real desire. You're just wanting it because uh, you've got this whole group of other people that are doing it and you want to have authority and influence in their lives. So you're coming, but you don't really carry repentance. So he was calling them out. And this baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire not a good thing you don't want to be baptized in fire in this whole picture if you read through that his reference to fire he's like jesus is coming he's greater than i i'm not even worthy to untie his sandals he's gonna bring the baptism the immersion the completely uh, saturation of the holy spirit but he's also bringing fire and he was speaking to this, to the old covenant. He was saying these old covenant ways, these, the, these, these rules and regulations that, that they were operating in, that's going away. And it's going away in fire. And if, you, uh, if, you've, uh, if you've studied any of history and understood what began to happen from, from this point on, you realize that um, not too long from this point, about 40 years later in 70 AD, literally, Jerusalem was burned to the ground. Not one stone was left upon another. Crazy. But, I, you know, I decided I don't want to be baptized in fire. I'll just take the Holy Spirit. It's going to be enough. <laughs> I totally think it's fine. I'll probably say it some other time again. You know, you know I do think that there's, there's a burning passion that comes on us uh, with the Holy Spirit. So I, I'm not against the concept. I just wanted to kind of point it out in Scripture. It's kind of a fun thing to look at. All right, John chapter 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This, if there's one scripture that kind of gets burned into your spirit today, this is what I, I want it to be. Um, but just just a couple of days ago when I was preparing for this message, I was reading this and something absolutely brand new entered into my spirit. And I want to share it with you. Um, I have always looked at um, the, the verse 38 there where it says, um, whoever believes in me, uh, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That I, I, I love that, that, that imagery. 
that's there. We have, and it's, it's about the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Spirit, what begins to happen is rivers of living water begin to, to flow from within us. It's inside out. It comes from the inside and it goes to the outside and it begins to flow out of us. Rivers, not even just one plural, one river. It's not singular, it's plural. Rivers, there's these, this bursting forth, rivers of, of living water from the inside of us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the thing that jumped out of me that was brand new is that I've always looked at that, that phrase as if it was transformational to the world around us. Like, you know, the living water bursts out of us and, and it changes the world around us. Uh, it's like it's aimed at... at at the world. It's aimed at sickness and disease. It's aimed at uh, releasing the Holy Spirit and seeing miracles and seeing transformation in the world around us. And I do, I do totally believe in that idea. But here in the context of the scripture, it's not what Jesus was talking about. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Drink what? There's going to be some living water bursting forth from you. Drink that. It was in the context of there's going to, I'm going to put a source of a, a, a fountain, a, a, something that's bursting forth from within you that every time you're thirsty, whenever you're wanting more of God, guess where you look? You're not looking to the outside. Well, I need to go to that conference or I need to know, I need to go hear this speaker or I need to do this or do that. The source of life, these rivers of life are now bursting from within you. I think that is just so powerful. I mean, it's powerful to me. I don't know if it's powerful to you, but man, it just, it just wrecks me. It's this concept that what Jesus was speaking of, it wasn't about this, it wasn't about us extending his kingdom, which is definitely a part of our call, which is definitely who we are and what we're called to. But he was actually telling us how. He was saying, if you want to live the full life of, you want to live full of the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen is you're going to need, there's going to be times when you're thirsty and I'm putting the source right inside of you. Whew. Rivers of living water satisfy the thirsty and they come from within. <laughs> All right, I need to keep moving here. So I have a goal, I have an aim where we're going to this morning. John uh, chapter 1, this is John the Baptist here uh, speaking, uh, um, he gave this testimony, he says, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. This in the sequence of events is really right after the passage we looked at earlier where he says, um, Jesus, there's one coming after me who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is, um, this is what John's experience of him baptizing Jesus was. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on, on him. I didn't know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, he's the one. He's the guy. 
who's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus lived his, his life and his ministry from that point on. Uh, that was a massive shift for Jesus. Uh, in, one, in one of the Gospels, it, it says literally that it was right after this, uh, Jesus was baptized, and then the, almost the very next scripture is he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the desert. He goes through the testing. And then it says that he came back in the power of the Spirit. So it's all this, this, this connection. This actually was the launch of Jesus's ministry. And he walked in and carried the Holy Spirit. Um, and then I, I wanted to go to this verse here. This is, a, this is one of those scriptures that we all are familiar with. Uh, John 14, verse 12, and then 16 and 17 says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You see that phrase there at the end of that, that verse, they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. He's talking about going to the Father, and later I think we'll hit that scripture too uh, here in a minute, but um, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just do that. But he's, uh, um, when he's talking about going to the Father, he's referring to this. He jumps down to verse 16 is where we're at. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate and he, uh, to help and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Um, going to move right on here so we're going to look at Pentecost but um, maybe I didn't put that other scripture that I was referencing in here it might be later but it's Jesus says to them it's better for you if I go away it's better for you if I go away why because if I don't go away the Holy Spirit's not going to be sent so this the, the model for us of what our, our life is supposed to reflect um, is Jesus. What his ministry looked like when he ministered to others. The, you know, look at what, uh, I'm gonna go back to that verse. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. He's, what he's saying is what you've seen happen in me, you, you, need to, you need to step into that and begin to believe that for yourself because it's not just for me to do, it's actually for you. Not only that, but greater things because I'm gonna send you the helper. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, the advocate. All right, Pentecost. We can't do a, a message on the Holy Spirit and not talk about Pentecost. Um, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own, in our native language? Parthians, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. 
Phrygia and and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. (laughs) Now, just asking you a quick question, but let's say you were at a restaurant and you're you're sitting at a restaurant and um, next to you are people from other nations and they're talking and you don't understand a word of what they're saying. They're, I mean, they're speaking to each other and you're hearing these languages. And then all of a sudden they start speaking your language and you're like, they're talking now in English or whatever language is yours, right? I'm assuming we're all, you wouldn't probably listen much here if you're not speaking English, but, but um, whatever, you start to hear them speak in your language and you're like, oh, that's odd. They were, they were speaking another language before. They don't... All of a sudden, they're speaking my language. How many of you would think automatically they must be drunk with wine? I mean, you're even at a restaurant, right? They might have glasses of wine on the table. You're like, they're speaking English. I understand what they're saying now. They must be drunk with wine. Okay. I think you're getting the implication here. But there was more going on than just, just them speaking in these tongues. It, there was stuff that was happening. I mean, you, you think for yourself, what are the signs of someone being drunk with wine? Usually it's not they're speaking in somebody else's language, uh, yeah, right? Uh, right? If someone's drunk with wine, uh, you might, they might have slurred speech. They might be laughing. They might be being crazy. All, I mean, there's all kinds of different, uh, and, and different signs, and um, most of them... I'm not familiar with, but <laughs> reality is that there, there's these things that are happening and it's not speaking in another language. So I'm, I'm, I'm presenting the idea with you, even from the first scripture we started with, uh, where Paul is speaking to the Ephesians and he says to them, do not be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the infilling of the Holy Spirit can have an effect on us that it changes some of the way works that we're operating. It, it, it could make us, you know, filled with joy. I mentioned that scripture where the, where the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. It could be laughter. It might be dancing. It might just be kind of a little bit of a carefreeness. It might be all kinds of things. And that was like, they were like mistook what was happening for them being drunk. So the Holy Spirit comes in all kinds of ways. Now, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to point out as we're going through this, um, this, is, this is Acts 2, now in verse 14. Peter stands up, he addresses the crowd, and he tells them, I want to tell you something. What you're seeing here today, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy from Joel, where he said this, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that whole passage that I just read is nearly quoted exactly from Joel chapter 2. There are some very little uh, variations, but not important for us to point that out. Uh, This is a quote from Joel. If you look at that list, this is kind of funny actually, because what they saw happening had nothing to do with this list. They didn't see people prophesying. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have, um, what did it say? I'll pour out my spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. There wasn't any young men seeing visions or old men dreaming dreams. They wouldn't have had time for that to happen. That wasn't what people were experiencing. Not even Peter. Peter wasn't seeing that. There were tongues of fire. They were speaking in other tongues, right? They saw tongues of fire. They heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind, which by the way is not referenced at all in Joel chapter two. There's no sound of rushing wind. There's, I mean, there's the moon. The sun turned to darkness. The moon turned to blood. Blood, fire, billows of smoke. None of that happened on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> I mean, Peter is proclaiming this is that. That thing that Joel prophesied about, this is it. But that actually wasn't what was happening that he was seeing. It wasn't what was going on in that group of people right then. (laughs) I know that Peter did this by faith because he was told by Jesus, go stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of of the Holy Spirit. And they did that. That's in Acts chapter one. So when something happened, the tongues of fire, um, they begin to they hear the sound. They see the tongues of fire on their head, which I have no idea how to picture that. I've seen paintings. I have no idea what that would have looked like. Uh, every one of them, to me, I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm not sure that's what it was. Tongues of fire on their heads. All right, somebody has a better artistic mind than me. I, was, I don't get it, but that was, they saw it, it says. But none of these, these things that they said that, that the prophecy from Joel actually spoke about. And that's just, I want to I point that out this morning because when the Holy Spirit falls on us, it doesn't always look like what you expect it to look like. But we receive it by faith. It is what it is. There's another scripture. I don't even have it in my notes, but um, it says of, of God, he's, he's a good father. He will definitely give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. So as we ask for more of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give us that. All right, moving on. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Definitely at Pentecost, that didn't happen. There was the 120 of them that were that were waiting in the upper room. But there was a release at Pentecost that was the beginning of the release of the Holy Spirit to all flesh, all people. 
Um, and that's, the, that's what the prophecy of Joel says. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, all people. Now, let me just say this. The spirit-filled lifestyle is necessary for all people. And I want to, I'm kind of shifting a little bit of direction here this morning, but I want to kind of highlight this because sometimes um, we view the Holy Spirit and the work of, and all the things that we classify as, well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we think of like when the Holy Spirit falls in a building, when we're like we're praying or we're worshiping, we feel the, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit shows up and there, there are manifestations that happen. People, I mean, you can, you can think about, you know, whatever it is that you think of. Maybe it's gold dust. Maybe it's people falling out in the Spirit. Maybe it is speaking in tongues. Maybe it is prophesying, uh, maybe any number of manifestations, laughing. Um, uh, we've seen a lot here through the years, and there's all kinds of amazingly good things that happen when we see the Holy Spirit falling. But I believe, this is something that I'm speaking and declaring here this morning, is that I believe that we have pigeonholed the work of the Holy Spirit. We have reduced it to a bunch of charismatic ideas that, that, that a lot of people don't relate to. They think, well, that's not really for me. I don't, you know, I go to work on Monday and I do my job, but I don't necessarily think about uh, gold dust and uh, angel feathers and and speaking in tongues and prophesying. I don't think about that. I'm thinking about the things I'm doing. I think about the things I'm called to do. And I want to tell you that the whole, that that is actually just a picture of what happens. It's not the whole picture. It's actually something that we've reduced the release of the Holy Spirit into, and it's not the fullness of it. If God promised the release of the Holy Spirit and his word, the prophetic word that was released through the prophet Joel was, the Holy Spirit, I will pour it out on all flesh. Then in order for you to complete and fulfill your call, you need the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't always look like rolling on the floor and laughing in gold dust. Now, I'll take all those manifestations, and when when gems and feathers and gold dust is flying, you know, I'm telling you, I love all that stuff. I'm not saying anything against it. I love when the, the, the room is filled with that kind of presence. But maybe there's more. You think? I think there's more. Although uh, all of us who are called to ministry, all of us, 100%, there's only 3% of us that are called to ministry in the church, in the classic setting, like a pastor who's preaching the gospel. Um, uh, the other 97% of you are called to ministry in another setting, the marketplace, your neighborhood, etc. Everybody needs the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives to fulfill their purpose. We just talked about that. It was never God's intent to reduce the work of the Holy Spirit to shaking, falling out, and crazy manifestations. <laughs> no, I like those things. I told you that. Here, the first biblical reference to somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit is actually in the book of Exodus. This is powerful here. Uh, context is Moses is preparing to, to put together the, the temple. The, uh, he, the 
tabernacle. Um, but he says this in verse 2. This is, this is God speaking to Moses. See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Where did that all come from? From God, by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones. To work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So as, as this story unfolds here, Bezalel is put in charge with another guy, Othniel. Uh, great names, right? Um, these guys are put in charge of the building of the tabernacle. Why? Because they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And how did it manifest? What did it look like? It wasn't rolling on the floor and laughing and feathers and dust. It was skills. Crafts. This Bezalel was a craftsman. Apparently there was something about his craftsmanship that wasn't just like He's really good at it. It's like the Holy Spirit was on it. I'm telling you, that's a picture of what we need from the Holy Spirit today. I've told a story before, but I'll tell it really quickly again. Oh my gosh, time is just flying. Um, I won't tell that story. <laughs> it's a really good one. Actually, it was about a spreadsheet though. I was working as a bookkeeper at a company and God gave me wisdom about a spreadsheet that I needed to know for the very next day. I went into work and they asked me, and I'm like, I just happened to know that last night. I was just like poking around and I found that. I wasn't even looking for it. This is how you do it crazy. God wants to give you wisdom and, and he wants to give you favor in the marketplace to do what you're called to do. I'm going to move really fast. So the Holy Spirit will come and will teach you all things, not just spiritual things, all things. He wants to teach you how to carry his kingdom into your marketplace, into your place of ministry. Where is your ministry field? It may not be here on Sunday mornings, but I guarantee you, each and every one of you is called to ministry somewhere. You're carrying the kingdom somewhere. And he wants to teach you how to carry the Holy Spirit into that marketplace. Acts 1, this is uh, really good. <laughs> Wait for the gift promised. John baptized with water, but in a few days we'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the verse 8, there you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power, enablement. Something will change that you will experience power. Now we all picture healing and signs and wonders and all of this stuff, but I want to just speak this. You will receive power. Enablement, and he's not going to give you power to do just anything. He's going to give you power to accomplish your calling. Doesn't that make sense? I'm skipping some stuff here. <laughs> 
It's good stuff. It really is. But um, we, we don't have time. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, too. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because this is from Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom uh, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is Jesus speaking, uh, um, and he's telling them, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is on me to do. This is it. Now, that's that's what Jesus was anointed to do. What is your two? It says right there, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me too. Stealing this a little bit from one of the messages yesterday because it so captured me. He's anointed me too. You have the spirit of the Lord. When the spirit of the Lord comes on you, it's all wonderful, but there's a purpose in it. He's anointed you too. What is that? Fill in that blank. What's your calling? What are you called to bring into this world? What area of impossibility are you invading? What is the thing that you are passionate about? It may not be classical church ministry. There was a day when basically the only way we knew how to train people was like, you have to grow up and find some way to be in ministry in the church, a pastor, you know, some kind of, you know, youth, youth ministry. It's like, that's the only picture we knew how to convey. But I'm telling you, God wants to anoint his whole body. And he wants to fill you with power to do what he's called you to do. closing here. I'm back to the scripture. Let's stand. I read the scripture earlier. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Right now, uh, I want, go ahead and start some of the music that I prepared for now. What I want to do right now is I want to just let's invite the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is something we're not supposed to experience once, but it's to keep being filled, right? So if you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. Maybe even already today, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been experiencing His presence and His goodness on you. Uh, Awesome. But I want to just very intentionally right here in this moment begin to just invite the Holy Spirit to come close again. I guess where he's coming from. Uh, 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 within. Don't look out there. Don't look up at me. I'm not going to release something from up here. If you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, he's in you. Take a drink. Take a drink of the Holy Spirit. He's bursting in your life. Rivers. Living water. He's preparing you to be awesome in the things that you're called to do. He's preparing you to overcome in your feelings. He's preparing you to set you up for favor in your area, in your calling. Jesus, we just thank you for the release of the Holy Spirit on us this morning. God, we thank you that we are being filled right now, God. That we are being soaked, that we are being drenched, that we are being immersed. 
something that's giving us power and life and strength and purpose. Well, you're making us a dis distinct people in the marketplace. You're putting on us gifts and enablements, power. not something that I can do for you. This is something you can do. To invest in it right now. Just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. If you speak in tongues, just, uh, just, just ask you to do that right now. Begin to speak in tongues. You don't have to do it quietly. Uh, just begin to reach, reach out in your spirit for more of what the Holy Spirit has, for more of what God wants to drench you in, for more of what He wants to immerse you in. He wants you to leave this place immersed in Him, completely filled and saturated with Him. Come on, begin to stir it up in your soul. If you're not hungry for it, then stir up hunger for it. God, make me hungrier than I am. Spirit, we need more of you. Lead us into all truth, Holy Spirit. Begin to release on us something that's, that, that is meant for our calling. Not something for, for a, a sign and a wonder inside the church room or inside a, a gathering of the church together, but it's something that takes us into society and causes us to be the light shining in the darkness. It causes us to release the power of God in those marketplaces. And it doesn't all look like miracles and signs and wonders. It looks like the beauty of God showing up on your skill. It looks like the beauty of God showing up and, and putting a distinction on you. It's God wanting to make you win. Your environment. That's the kind of favor he wants to put on you. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, stir it up. Stir it up some more. Holy Spirit, we need more of you. We need more of you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just right now, I just take a drink of, of those rivers that are bursting from inside of myself. Lord, you put the Holy Spirit in me, but I need more of it. I'm thirsty for it right now, God. I need more. Come and manifest your goodness more. Come and bring your spirit to a greater degree. Saturate me. Immerse me again. Come, Holy Spirit. We make room for you. Press in. Come on, press in. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit.
someone up to come and grab the mic and just begin to pray out and cry for the spirit. That's in your heart. If you're just pulling on heaven right now for more, I want you to come and just do this. Just release it over us. There's a passion that God wants to release onto this body from you this morning. So come and grab the mic. divine supernatural answers and ways to solve problems your solutions lord to be manifested here in our city and our region thank you lord Father, today we just cry out to you, Lord, that you would transform our minds, transform how we think, God, because it's in our thinking that we limit you, that we put you in boxes, Lord God, and we and we go and live our life, Father, and we don't consider, Lord, that you're about all of life. You're about everything that we engage in every day. You're in the midst of conversation and all these things, Father. God, we need to take the limits off, God. So we just come to you and ask you today, transform our minds. God, expand our thinking. Expand us, Lord God, beyond just how we live and how we just do life. God, we cry out to you. We cry out to you. Jesus was not limited, Father, because he looked to you. He looked to you, Father. Break those limitations off of our thinking. Lord, help us to see that the everyday things that we do are just as important to you 
as us being here this morning worshiping you. God, that all of life is important to you because you've called us to be complete beings in your kingdom. It's not the only thing I pray. 
helps a lot. So I just encourage you to stir that, that up in you. If you've, uh, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, like we're talking a totally different language here for you. <laughs> this is not normal. Uh, I'm, I have uh, Farah and Monique up here. Uh, and I'm inviting you to come and let them pray over you. These are uh, two ladies that I know are drenched in the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to release them to release that over you. Uh, and if that's your first time ever, or maybe it's been a long time since you've really operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then I want you to come and just let them pray for you. Uh, as usual, we will have a team in the back over here as well uh, to pray. Uh, so if you need prayer for healing in your body or other breakthrough that you're pressing for, then let that team help you out. Uh, God bless you. We love you. Thanks for being here today. And uh, yeah. Thank you.